about dad um, I really mean that he leads and the way he leads he doesn't tell you do this do that do that he can sometimes but he leads by example and um, as a man he's just a man he's a good man but he's a man but the God I see in him and my mom but especially dad on his birthday I would say it's the passion the excitement and the love that I see that impresses me it always challenges me he's excited every day to wake up he gets excited for every service he gets excited every time he ministers to somebody one-on-one. -on -one. And he's passionate about it. He's more passionate about that than anything else in his life. And very few people can say that about their walk with God. He's more passionate about that than anything else in his life. So I just want to, again, honor him as, as the Word says to honor. I want to ask, I want to just real quickly talk about God's love. I've had this Word for months, and I feel like, I feel like God... Um, Saved it to the end of the year to remind us of that in a time when there's a lot of people hurting in the room. Now, there's some people hurting in the room because, like I say, we've had four people bury people. Four people bury people, very close people in this church. Great, a great nephew passed away of Steve Steve. There's, there's, there's lots of people who have lost here. And I think God just wanted to remind, send me this word. And to unleash at the right time to remind you of His love. And that, that's all I'm going to talk about for just a minute. I, I, I want to read a couple of scriptures, Lake, and I need you to be on guard. Here we go. I didn't give you any heads up. Put up 1 John 4 8. Very simple. You know it probably, meaning you by heart. I want to read a couple of scriptures and I want to talk for just a minute about what God's doing. But anyone who does not love does not know God. For God is love. Now I'm going to go to Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. There are six things the Lord hates. No seven things He detests. Haughty eyes. A lying tongue, hands that kill the innocent, a heart that plots evil, feet that race to do wrong, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who sows discord in a family. Come on. Now, you can see. I've just read you two scriptures, and one scripture says, God is love. And the other scripture says, God hates things. Kind of odd, isn't it? Seems like a contradiction. I'm going to ask you a hypothetical question. I don't want you to answer out loud. Don't answer out loud. I want you to think about it. What do you think if we put a scale? You know how scales work? Like scales of justice? If I'm not like the scale, you don't know, tell you how much you weigh. But if I had a scale of one, one thing on one side, one thing on the other side, and whichever's heaviest... What do you think would be more? God's love. Don't answer. You know, you heard what I'm going to say. I can say an apple and an antelope. I want you to think about it. What is more? God's hate for sin or God's love for you? I wonder which one is more. And does the Bible tell us which one is more? Because I'm not here just to... We can talk theologically. We can debate. We can talk. And that's fun. That's what my grandpa liked to do. But I want to leave you with 
word this year. I believe the Bible tells us specifically which one is greater. Now, understand this. Billy Graham, how many heard of Billy Graham? Y'all with me? Yes. Nobody's heard of Billy Graham? Yes. Anybody heard of Tupac? Justin Bieber? Taylor Swift? Y'all, you really haven't heard of, I'm going to quit. We're just going to quit. You all have, you're lying. You see, you're lying to me right now. Have you heard of Obama or Trump? Have you heard of Donald Trump? So no matter what I say right now, do you love Jesus, you won't raise your hand, will you? That means I'm not participating. I don't like you, Pastor Heath, and I just want you to shut up. I hate you. That's what I'm feeling right now in the room. I'm feeling you're not with me. Give me some love. We're up here trying to read the Holy Spirit and trying to do everything we're doing, and I'm looking like you're looking at me like there's some headlights. Do you know these people? If you do, if you've heard of them, raise your hand. Thank you. Could you imagine? It's not rocket science. What would you do if you taught each of your students and they did that to you? Oh, he'd be going to the desk. Billy Graham says this God hates sin like a father hiking on a trail hates the rattlesnake that's in the path of his son walking. It's not that God has an emotion of hate. It's that God knows that snake will take you out and lead to death. The consequence of that venom would kill you. And so what God hates about sin is that it will separate you from Him and His holiness and it will defeat your purpose and ultimately, if unrepentant, will lead you to eternal death and damnation. That is why God hates sin. God does not want to mess with your life. He doesn't want to goof up your life. He does not want to keep you from fun. He just wants you not to be dead eternally and go to hell. He wants you to be with Him. That is why He hates sin. That is why God hates sin. And real briefly, you understand theologically that God has to be just. God has to be just. What does that mean? That word mean? It means this. It means He has to be equal and fair and if he's going to punish the guy that abused you and me as a child or the person that hurts your child or the person that murders your loved one, if he's going to give justice to that person, then he has to give justice to my sin as well. He can't play favorites. He can't pick. He can't say, well, I'm going to punish that guy, but, but the things you're doing is okay. We're not going to punish you. That would make God unjust. So God has to punish all sin equally and treat everyone equally. There's a different concept called grace. Now grace does not upset justice because God cannot be unjust. But what grace does is says, yes, you still have to have a payment for every sin. But what grace says is, but I'm going to take care of the payment for you. I'm going to take care of the payment for you. See, some people think grace means there is no payment of sin or no sin. We don't care. We overlook it. No. It's just he says, I'll pay for it. But there has to be payment for sin. That's why in the Old Testament they had to kill things. They had to give offerings. They had to give gifts. They had to do things to atone for sins. But what we figured out in the Old Testament through 2,000 years of living is this. 
There's not enough unblemished lambs for you and me. There's not enough unblemished lambs for the sins of humanity. There's not enough lambs. There's not enough sacrifice. There's not enough. So God can't go back to being unjust. So He's got a dilemma. If He wants to have a relationship with us because God is holy and holiness cannot perceive sin. If I have sin in my life, I cannot be in the presence of a holy God. You get that? So God says, you know what I'll do? I'll send my son in Jesus. Perfection. From heaven. And I'll put him on earth. And I'll let him live a perfect life. And I'll let him pay for the sin. That you and I can pay. John 3.16. You know it with me. Say it. For God. That he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever shall believe in Him shall not perish, but have life eternal. A just God decided to give grace, and He gave His only begotten Son to be the sacrificial, unblemished Lamb because He loved you and I. That's the basic theology of the Gospel. So Jesus came to be a sacrifice, but Jesus also came, promise you, eight minutes, Ten minutes max. But He came to be a sacrifice, but He also came to do this. He came to show you and I how to love. He came to show you and I how to treat people. And He came to show you and I a new way, a new covenant. He came to be a sacrifice, but He came to show us how to love. Lakin, need a couple of scriptures real quick here. I know you're... I didn't give her any notice of this. In fact, I thought Dad was going to preach it. Then you know how it goes here. John 15, 13. John 15, 13. And I really don't even care which strange. There is no greater love than to lay one's down one's life for one's friends. This is the words of Jesus. You want to know what Jesus says love is? Lay down your life. For others. Now, read, pull up Romans 5 8. See, that verse says there's no greater love than to love, lay down one's life for your friends. But this one says, But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. So Jesus says, No greater love than lay down your life for your friends. But then the word God also says, that God loved you so much that He sent His Son to die while you weren't even acting like His friend. While you were in rebellion. While you and I were doing our thing. While you and I were doing things that we, we weren't even considering God in our decision making. When God was not even a part of our daily life, when we made plenty of decisions and God wasn't even in the midst of consulting Him or thinking about Him and what we do or did. He still loved you. He showed His love by sending Christ. Now the third verse I want you to put up is Matthew 5, 43-44. You've heard the law that says love your neighbor and hate your enemy. This is Jesus. But I say love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Yes. Amen. Yes. Now, a lot of people... 
So Jesus is saying, the way I define love is a little different. I don't define love by love the people back who love you. I define love as love the ones that spit on you, that whip you, that take a nail and drive it in your flesh, that scream at you, that hurt you, that take food out of your children's face and plate. I say love those people, says God. And pray for them. I think a lot of people do the praying. Lord, just change their hearts or, or just, ooh, just, ooh, you know. But we can't pray in a place consistent with Scripture unless we pray out of love. If love doesn't drive your prayer, you're just trying, you're just being legalistic and you're just being like a Pharisee. You're obeying the law. No, there is no law. It's the law of love. The letter of the law, you're, you're, you're trying to obey the scripture, but you're picking parts of it apart and your heart's not in the right place. we got to love those persecutors. So Jesus says, that's what love looks like to me. So then I come back to the question, that's what love looks like to Jesus, okay? And then here's all the sin, all the bad things that ever happened to you, all the bad things that ever happened to your family, all the bad things you've ever done, all the guilty things. All the things you wish you could take back. All the conscious things that eat you up inside. The people that hurt you when you were innocent. The, the people that have just betrayed your trust. The people that then all that sin on one side and this love that Jesus says on one side, which is greater. Now, I would say this. The place of the weighing scale, the place of the weigh station is found in Luke 22. If you put that up like in Luke 22, 39, last scripture. Because I want us to answer the question. Does God hate your sin more or love you more? Because I think you need to know that. I think I need to know that. We're going to read, we're going to read about, uh, just so you're ready, Lake, we're going to read up to about, oh, 53, 14. Then accompanied by the disciples, Jesus left the upstairs room and went as usual to the Mount of Olives. There he told them, pray that you will not give in to temptation. He walked away about a stone's throw and he knelt down and prayed, Father, if you're willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. He prayed more fervently and he was in such agony of the spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. At last he stood up again and returned to the disciples only to find them asleep, exhausted from grief. Why are you sleeping? He asked him. Get up and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. But even as Jesus said this, a crowd approached, led by Judas, one of the twelve disciples. Judas walked over to Jesus to greet him with a kiss. But Jesus said, Judas, would you portray the Son of Man with a kiss? When the other disciples saw what was about to happen, they exclaimed, Lord, should we fight? We brought swords. And one of them struck the high priest's slave slashing off his right ear. But Jesus said no more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed him. Then Jesus spoke to the leading priests, the captains, the temple guard, the elders who come for him. Am I some dangerous revolutionary, he asked, that you come with swords and clubs to arrest me? Why didn't you arrest me in the temple? I was there every day. But this is your moment. The time when the power of darkness reigns. I believe with all my heart that 
When Jesus was in that garden, He was faced with the last powerful choice on earth. I think every day of His ministry, He was faced with that choice as He moved, as He advanced every day, walking to Jesus was walking towards the place of the skull from the moment He got out of the river with John. You get that? Every day that He walked towards that journey, He knew He was walking towards a cross. Yet He walked anyway. Every single day was a decision he had to make. Every step was a decision. Because if he ever backed off, the cross was gone. But every decision he made to rouse the crowds, to heal the sick, to give the impoverished a voice, he was moving closer to that destiny of a sacrificial lamb. And so every day he chose it. The judge didn't make the choice. He chose the punishment. And so this day in the garden, I believe, is the wedding scale. I believe it's the last moment when Jesus would have had the opportunity. Now, I guess technically on the cross or any time, he could have called angels down. But I think he was at a point where he had to make his mind up for sure. Can I do this? Because my flesh don't want to do this. And there actually is a medical condition. I, I, I'm really not here to preach all that, but where you are so anxious and so distraught and so overwhelmed that you will break blood through your sweat. That's right. And that's what happened to Jesus. Yes. The anguish. And here to tell you something about that anguish. There's two parts of that anguish. The flesh anguish. The flesh anguish is nobody wants to take that punishment. To, to lay there and let them whip you beyond prepare. To let them pluck your beard out. To let them know when you don't have to. You see, something would happen, PJ, if I started just getting some guys a well on you. Subconsciously, you would fight back. The pain would cause you to fight back. But what if there was nobody to hold you down? And you were just laying there and I was just welling on you. And you have a choice to get up and move. Or you'll take it for a cause. And you took it. Nobody in this room would do that. Because you could. He did, he did it. But the flesh in him dreaded that. But the God in him, here's the next part of it, had another dilemma. God is holiness. Holiness cannot perceive sin. And he was faced the next day, not just a death, but a becoming and taking on the sin of the world on him. The thing God hates, He would take on Him. It would touch Him. It would. Why have you forsaken me? Because all that filth would pile on Him. And so His choice was: yes, go take a go take a beat and get killed in the flesh. But his choice was also to take on the one thing God hates. And not just take on one thing, but take on every sin in the creation of humanity from then to the end of time forward, even advancing today because God hasn't done my time. Every dark thing that's ever hurt a child could be on you. He would bear in that moment. So God's choice was How can I stand that hate? 
as a holy God. Son of God, all God, all man. How can I understand that? Do I love them that much? Or do I hate to sin more? His choice was this. I'll take the sin. Because as bad as I hate that sin, I love them more. I love the Father more, and I love Him more. I seek to please the Father. I seek to do the Father's will. But God is love. How can one love God if He does not love people? Jesus had the choice of which one was greater in His mind. And He chose to love you. Now, you may say, and we're done. You may say, well, why is that so important? I'm going to tell you that's the most important thing you could ever learn in life. Because it's what defeats us. You and I feel unlovable at times, or un like we're not worthy at times because we feel our sin is too great for God's love. We don't deserve God's love. We feel we're not worthy. We feel we're too bad, too flawed. That real? Feel that way sometimes? But if you understand that God loves you more, enough to take that on for you, then it affects everything you do today. It affects your life from this point on. It affects your life every day. Because so many times we're tore up, we're anxious, we're fearful. But if you really know how much God loves you, then you understand that His love will win out. That no matter how bad you feel this moment, how scared you feel this moment, or how hurt you feel this moment, those of you lost people this year, the grief, I know, but I don't know because it's your grief. But we all know grief. When we understand that God loves you, how much He loves you, you know it's going to be alright. Because you know how much He loves you. If you've ever had a parent that loved you or somebody in life that loved you, you're blessed. But when you know you have no doubts that somebody loves you that way. It changes the way you live at night. It changes the way you look at problems. Do I have problems? Do you have problems? Do we have uncertainties? Yeah. But you know what? I know how my daddy loves me. I know how God loves me. And yeah, the devil wants to keep saying what a bad boy I am and what a bad boy I've been and how bad you've been. And he wants to keep throwing that because that's the card he's got. But Jesus says, but I love you more than I hate that. Oh, I hate it. I hate what it does to my people. I hate how it destroys you. I hate how it hurts purpose. And I hate how some people will be eternally separated from me. 
for a chance to be with him for eternity. Just on the chance that they would love me back. He loved you before you loved him back. And he took the chance. He put his life out there for a chance to spend eternity with you. Alright. Last verse. So if you're in this room and this year you've, you've faced hard times. We all have. And you know what to answer? You want to know what the answer to your problems are. You know what the answer to fear is? Love. You know what the answer to your anxiety is? God's love. The answer is Jesus. You want the answer to your uncertainty, your stress, your trouble, your turmoil? God's love. 1 John 4, 18. Thank you. And you know it. I want to finish on this scripture and just tell you God loves you and we love you. And I hope you have the best year in 2024. I know we will because you know how I know it's going to be a good year? Now, do I know I won't have headaches, heartaches, and loss? I don't know that. But I know God will be there and I know it's going to be a good year. Because it's going to be a God year. So here's the answer to all your uneasiness, your anxiety, your turmoil, and your fear, and your grief, and your worry about the coming year, and your worry about last year, and your pain, and all this. Here's what it says. Such love has no fear, because perfect love casts out all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. The uh, the uh, one I guess it's the New King James. One of them says, "There is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. The ultimate punishment for fear is separation from God's love. God loves you." And the answer to every problem, heartache, and worry and uncertainty you have this year is fully appreciating and understanding how much God loves you. Yes. And sometimes, Peach, sorry to point out, I'm going to pick you out, Peach. You're looking at me, you're really thinking that. Sometimes when we've never been loved a lot, sometimes when we're young, I'm not picking out, I'm saying it's PJ's the case, I'm just saying. It makes it hard for us to understand and accept that love. Amen. And that makes us insecure. Amen. It's not just peace. I guess everybody else getting that too, right? You need to get a hold of that Because I think we all struggle with fully understanding how much God loves us. If we understood, we would not accept it. We just want to be in His presence all the time to please Him. You want to please Him. You know, I've spent the last 15 years trying to serve God as the Holy Spirit, but part of me, if I'm honest, in my subconscious, can I be honest for real? Yes. I've been trying in a way, at times, to please my Father. To get His approval. 
here to tell you, if you spend your life trying to make God the Father, you can't earn it. You can work it all you want to work it. But when you get that love, you just want to please Him. Because you love Him. And you know how much He loves you. So 2023 is done. Almost. If the Lord don't come back before then, you never know. But 2024, I pray that you fully grasp Father's love. Understand it. Walk in that security. Knowledge of how much He loves you. He's going to take care of you. I was up there and they were singing that river song. And, uh, and that's when it was going crazy. Not, not, not. They hadn't got into the river song. It was the, it was the Holy Spirit river song. The one that made up the, the Holy Spirit made up the lyrics. You know that kind of song. I was over there listening to it. And God told me something. He said, "You remember when you were really first fired up for God, and you weren't scared of nothing." I'd climb, I'd hang off ledges a mile long overlooks. I'd ride every roller coaster twice backwards with my hands up. I didn't care. I remember us flying in turbulence one time. And I was just laughing. I said, I said, boy, if God takes us home on this, me and dad go on a missionary trip. Woo, that'd be a good story. That'd be fun. I was not, I was fearless. You know why I was fearless? Because I was fully understanding and appreciating God's love. And what happens is over time, we can, we can take that love for granted just like you can in any relationship. That's right. And when you do that, then the fear creeps back in. Yeah. The anxiety creeps back in. Yeah. Come on. That's good. And, and you'll, you'll see it. Not only in ways like, oh, I'm scared of where I'm going to eat next. That's a big deal. I get it. I'm not getting But then you start seeing, all right, you don't want to ride the roller coaster no more. Now you're 10 feet back from the ledge. And you start seeing the fear is a is a jealous thing. It won't stop just hurting you in one area. It'll start taking over your life. And Holy Spirit's ministering that to me and saying, it's time to be fearlessly in love. It's time again to be fearlessly in love. It's time to fearlessly serve. It's time to stop and, 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 and to jump in and say, God, I'm yours. different. I'm not going to, Mama. But it's time to stop being a, uh, a wimp, wimp. we got to be fearlessly in love. So I say to all you that are facing the uncertainty of an upcoming year, 2024, for the first time without a loved one or for whatever stress is going on in your life, could you just bow your heads for a moment? I said, God loves you. Oh, let's just pray right now. Father, if they've never heard a word I said, if they think I'm stupid, if they think I'm crazy, if they think I'm a goober or whatever, Lord, let them hear this one word that you love them so much. You love them enough to die. You love them enough to take on their sin. Terrible sin that would separate them from you. But you said, no. I'll pay the price. Put it on my back. 
Just pray right now, Father, that they receive your love and that somehow through your Holy Spirit that we all be included. We get a, a bright, clear, technicolor, 3D, high-depth understanding or view of your love for us. And understand, Lord, that the understanding of your love changes every situation. There's a they say there's a million stories in the city at night. There are hundreds and hundreds of stories in this room alone today. But Lord, I know that the answer is your love. The answer is understanding your love. The answer is walking in that assurance today. So Lord, give us that revelation in our heart of your true and perfect love that casts out all fear. And right now, let us love fearlessly. You, let us accept your love fearlessly. And let's love each other savagely. Let's love each other recklessly and fearlessly. Let's have greater love for the Father, greater love for each other, as the Bible says. And right now, I just ask each and every person, Lord, to get a Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit download of love right now. Fill every void, Lord. Fill every dark space, Lord. Fill every hurt space, Lord. Right now, in Jesus' name. Every head still bowed. If you're in this room, and there's been some things this year that you, you know, going into 2024, you needed a good old hug from God today, from Jesus. You needed to know Jesus loves you. If you need that, this is, if you need His love in your life today, and you know that, Holy Spirit revealed that to you, and you need His love more than ever, would you just raise your hand with mine? Do you need the Father's love? you need God's love this morning in your life, you surely do. You surely do. It's the answer to the problem. It's the answer to the problem. Is there anybody in this room right now that you don't know God's love? You're insecure. You're not sure of God. It's not that you don't know God loves you, but you feel unlovable at times. And that creates a barrier between you and God. You recognize that. I see your hands. That... The, 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 your guilt and your and your problems and your past or whatever it creates such a guilt that sometimes you have a hard time fully accepting assurance in the Father's love for you. Would you raise your hand? I see those hands. Oh, I see those hands. God's going to heal that today. We might even cast out some spirits today because there are things, orphan spirits, that try that try to separate you from God's love. But it starts with an understanding acceptance of Jesus for me in your heart. Is there anybody in this room? Last question I'm going to ask. We're done. And you're not 100%, 100%, 100% sure that you're following Jesus, that He's your Savior and that you have eternal salvation. If you died this moment, you would not have 100% assurance that you would wake up in His presence. If that's you, would you raise your hand? I see your hand. Anybody else? I see your hands. In a moment, I'm going to ask all the hands to come. And if, if you're in this room, and you just need God to love on you, it's been a tough little bit. I believe there's people in this room who could use that. I could use that. I use it all the time. And I'm going to invite this altar to be a place today where you just spend some time with Daddy. Where you just spend time with God. What a, what a, what a crazy, awesome worship we had, as good as I remember in a while. And what an awesome way to end 2023, than to be on our face before the Father, just feeling His love, and just hug, just feeling the hug, a virtual hug from Jesus.
What an awesome way to finish 2023. So I'm going to count to three. And if you want to come to this altar, either if you want to give your life to Jesus or you want that assurance of love, you want a better understanding of God's love in your life, or you just want to let Him love on you today, whatever you need, this altar is your place. This is, your, this is the place where you should feel comfortable. Take your shoes off and just lay in the Father's presence. All right? One, when I get to three, everybody's standing. I just invite everyone that wants to come. Two, three. Come on, go.